Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for the B-A-Q-A, the B-A-Q-A with Tiffany, the B-A-Q-A, no mandate, but the B-A-Q-A with Rami Sete. <laughs> you saw what I did there? I'm telling you, when I get my record deal, y'all finna be mad because I won't even be here like that. Okay. So anyway, we have in the stew, we have Rami Sete. I'm saying your name right, right, Rami? Sete. I'm so sorry, Rami. You know, as somebody whose name when I was born was Adochi, you know. They call me everything but that. So Ramit Sethi, and he is the host of Netflix's hit, How to Get Rich. If you have not watched it, are you even a Brown Ambition listener? Hello, we talked about it. Um, but also, too, he is the author of New York Times bestselling book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. He also has his own amazing podcast called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Ramit is an OG in the game, honey. He has been here for a long time, busted open the door for us brownies and personal finance. So I asked Ramit if he could stay. If you have not listened to the interview before this that came out on Wednesday, do it. It's an awesome interview, so I asked him if he could stay and answer some of your questions, and Ramit said yes, indeed. So, question number one, Ramit. Um, hi, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to add that part. I love your podcast and have been listening for a while. You both give such great advice on pretty much everything. I don't know about all that, girl, but okay, I'll take it. Uh, my question is, should I take out a home equity loan to pay off my IRS taxes or pay them with an IRS installment plan. The IRS has interest and penalties that that could that can occur daily, monthly, and quarterly. If I qualify for a home equity loan, I could not only take out enough to pay the IRS, I could take out enough to pay my doctor bills off. At that point, I would only be stuck with that loan payment mortgage, one utility bill, because my town has one bill for all utilities and student loans, Whenever they um, they start back, which is going to be in, in August, my husband and I have vehicles that are paid off. The IRS total is sixteen thousand, and doctor bills are eight thousand. We have a mortgage and two kids. I am not willing to use my six month emergency fund to pay the debt off. That's another question. Am I wrong for not using my emergency fund to pay off debt? That's funny. He doesn't want to use an emergency fund for emergencies. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's not funny. Um, I hope you can both help a sister out. So this is actually a really good question for me. It is a good what question. You, uh, so first off, there is no right or wrong answer to this. I'm going to tell you how I would think about it. I find that when people have debt, they often will do everything except attack the debt. They'll write me about opening up a 0% balance transfer. They'll write me about doing this convoluted tactic. And what I really want to hear from them is, how much do you owe? How much can you aggressively pay? 
every month and when will it be paid off? So could you do a home equity line of credit? You, you could, would I? No, what I would do is I would call them up. I would say, how much do I owe? With the medical bill, I would try to negotiate it. With the IRS bill, I would try to get favorable terms. They'll actually work with you in many cases, not all, but many. And then I would set up an automatic payment plan. It might take you, you said it's 24,000. It might take you a year, two years, maybe three years. Okay, factor in the interest, depends on what the interest is. Maybe they'll waive the interest, depends. But that to me is focusing on actually behavioral change. We're gonna cut off 300 bucks a month from our spending and put it towards our debt. That's how I would approach it because it solves the root problem. Simply shifting debt from one place to another may save you a little in interest. It may make you feel better, but it doesn't actually change the root problem. And so I want, personally, if it were me, I would not take a home equity line of credit. I don't want to take on more complexity. I want simplicity. I would make a debt payoff plan. I would try to negotiate and whether or not they allow me to, I would set up an automated payment plan and know exactly what month and year my debt will be paid off. So question, what, do you, what about her six months? Which first of all, congratulations. We're going to call you, I forget, like we're going to call you help a sister out. Hey, help a sister out, right? So what What about her emergency funds? Like, yeah, because I know people are very adverse to using emergency funds, which I can understand because they're afraid that something bigger might come along. What do you think about that? Uh, again, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer here. I do think it's amazing that she's saved up a six-month emergency fund. To me, that shows a lot of discipline, a lot of foresight. It's rare and amazing. So I think she should give herself a pat on the back. Uh, there is something to be said once she makes a debt payoff plan. Let's say that she's paying, I don't know, 500 bucks a month towards her debt. Could be 300, could be 800, whatever. And she's going to plug it into a debt payoff calculator. And she's going to say, okay, it's going to take me 3.5 years to pay it off. Then now that she's got it all on paper, she can actually say, hey, wait a minute. I've got six months of my emergency fund. What if I took one month and put it towards that debt. That might shave off four months of debt payoff. Who knows? But she can actually play with it and make a decision. Right now, she's kind of making a rule without really understanding the nuances, right? And so sometimes rules are helpful because they're just black or white. This is what I'm gonna do. This is what I'm not gonna do. I don't mind it. I like rules. But uh, with the debt amount of 24,000, maybe one month might actually contribute meaningfully to paying off this debt. That's my take. I like that. I like, and so remember, we. I'm glad that Rami said that's what he would do. Because what do we always tell y'all? That we are not your financial advisor. We're not your doctor. We're not your lawyer. We're not your mom. We're not your dad. AKA, go sue granny. Don't sue us. This is just, take it with a grain of salt, uh, the smallest grain that you could find. And this is certainly just some, hey, this is what I potentially would do. And uh, essentially, you have to decide what you're going to do for yourself, help a sister out. But no, I like that. I think that that was the one thing I was going to say to add to it is I was going to say, look to see, like, not necessarily using all your emergency funds, but potentially using some of them to help expedite the process. Because sometimes we forget that emergency funds are for emergencies. I remember a friend of mine calling me one day, she was crying and her car broke down or something like that. And I was like, well, what's wrong? She was like, oh, my car broke down. I don't know what I'm gonna do, I have to get to work. And I said, well, you know, cause I'd been working with her. I'm like, well, you have emergency funds. She's like, yeah, but that's for emergencies. I'm like, oh my God. Mm, the same I thing, feel like we're here. Same thing happened during COVID. So during COVID yes. I had so many people and they're like, 
uh, my wife like still has to go to work. I'm so worried, you know, we have this illness in our family and, but I don't know what else to do. I'm like, this is literally a worldwide emergency. This is what an emergency fund is for. (laughs) So, I mean, that was like potentially life or death. I think that this is a little murkier you know debt you you can make the argument maybe it is maybe it's not i don't personally think it's something that i would tap my entire emergency fund for but if you've done a great job of building up six months you may want to consider whether dropping that down to five months you know what does that do for you yeah also too if you're able to to meet point i'm assuming they were taking the leap that you got there by putting aside a certain amount of money every month, you know, or every pay period or every, like, well, now that money can be available to put toward your IRS debt instead. Yeah, totally. You know, so, you know, so, okay, we're going to take a quick break, come back and answer another question. So if you are a listener before we take the break and you want your questions to be answered, we can, you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com, click contact us. You can go to Brown Ambition Podcasts on IG and slide in the DMs, but keep it cute, okay? Um, you can also tweet us at the BA Podcast or Brown Ambition Podcast at gmail.com. Ask your questions about business, about career, about personal finance, about money. We are here to answer your questions as much as possible. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you-know-what I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and 
and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember, your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, and we're back. And I decided to switch gears because I could do that. You know, Ramit's been in the game longer than I have. And I teach you guys all the time that if you are looking for mentorship, like to look for people who have done the things you're wanting to do, um, especially if they have time put in, because I'm not impressed like, you know, someone is one year in business and they've made $4 million. Cute, I'll see you in 10 years. You know, because anyone, as the kids can say, as the kids say, can hit a lick. I can see my, my bonus daughter right now like, no, she didn't. I said it. Hit a lick. I'm cool. Anyway, so anyone can hit a lick, but it takes, it really takes like knowledge. It takes fortitude. It takes consistency to be in business year after year after year after year. And so I'm going to lean into the wisdom of Ramit um, and not necessarily ask a financial question, but a business question. So... I am in a real like, I don't know, I'm like in this weird place where I don't want to do as much work as I used to do. And I'm not doing as much work as I used to do for me just because I'm just like, ah, I'm over it. Um, I used to work all the time. I have a number of companies, one of them Brown Ambition with Mandy, which we have fun, our podcast, and I love it. I want to keep it. I have an online school, the Literature Academy. Um, it does well. And I have, I hired a CEO, thank God, so I don't have to do the day-to-day running. And then I have my personality brand, The Budget Nista which is the business of Tiffany. And I'm trying to figure out like, I don't know, it's not so much for the academy because I feel like it's taken care of, not for Brown Ambition because I feel like it's taken care of, but I'm in this weird space with the budget Nista where I'm like, what, you know, like, what am I, I don't really know what to do because I love doing, I love teaching financial education, but I'm in this weird space where I feel like I'm supposed to be pivoting towards something. And like, have you been in a space where like, because I feel like I will teach you to be rich is like equal parts, this external business, but I still associate it with you kind of like as this personality brand, like what's been some of the pivots that you've made that have allowed you to have more space and freedom and time while still your business still being successful? A lot of pivots. What a great question. Gosh, this is this is fantastic. Um, so my business has been around about 20 years. And it's kind of fascinating from a bird's eye view to see 
many other players in personal finance and other industries. And I guess I have a, a model of three different types of businesses that I've seen. One is ones that grow really fast. They typically take venture capital and that's what they want to do. That's the game they're playing. Another one is one that goes really deep. I have a friend, Patrick McKenzie, who writes a newsletter on basically really detailed banking. He's super deep. If you want to know about banking transactions, he's the guy in the world. And then another model is longevity. They stay around. And I love that. I love uh, buying a car and keeping it for 15 years. I love my investments for 50 years. That's just how I'm wired. And so in order to do that, in order to have a long business, I realized a few things. Number one, I got to have a way that makes profit. Okay, that's really important. If you don't have profit, then you're you, you got a hobby. So having a really strong baseline of something that makes money and preferably a lot of it at high margin, that's awesome. The next thing, the next pivotal moment for me was, um, I think really realizing that now that I have that, I want to have fun. If I'm not having fun, my team's not having fun. If my team's not having fun, our readers and followers and fans are not having fun. And that's the end of the ball game. So what does that mean for me? It suddenly started to take on a different meaning. It means that uh, my wife and I travel for a couple months a year. We love traveling. It's important to us. And while I'm traveling, I'm not working. I might log in for one hour a week, check some high impact messages that got to me from my assistant and that's it. But I'm work is a, an important, but it's one part of my life. Um, and if you kind of like expand that out, you realize it means you have to have an amazing team. Um, you have to scope down what you're doing. You may not be able to do everything, but you do a few things and do it really well. And you have to resist the rest of the world telling you, you should be doing X, Y, and Z. You know, they told me I should have a podcast for eight years and I heard them, but I just was like, I don't have the right idea. I'm going to wait until I do. They told me that I have to change the name of my business because it's too focused on me but I like me and I'm good with it. So, you know, I think you have to have a really clear idea of who you are and who you're not and then have fun. That's what I would say. Okay. Yeah. That's because I'd say my now I, I travel a lot. I take about three months off a year. And to your point, I actually don't work, which I love. I'm like, I tell the team, you know, if there's a fire, call a firefighter, like don't, you know, unless someone on the team is actually hurt, you know, then of course I care about that. You know, like something's happened to someone on the team because I care about my team. But other than that, I'm like, figure it out, figure it out, leave me alone. Um, and so I've just been like, you know, because that, that was one of the bigger things I said, like, I want to focus more on how do you actually want to live, Tiffany? And then because for the longest time, it was like, what does the budget needs to need? And then I will fit Tiffany around what that business needs, you know? And now it's really like, really Tiffany focused. I used to take my laptop with me, like to the grocery store. Like I had it, cause I'm like, you never know when an important email is gonna, and sometimes my phone is not enough. And now I'm like, I can't remember the last time, like, I mean, my laptop, I, I, I don't even bring it with me when I travel. Cause I'm just like, why? Unless I want to watch a movie, Yeah, you know? It's, so I it, love that. It's really about, you know, what is, what is my rich life? And in your case, I can see it's, it's travel, it's exploration, it's other things. And you can still do that and have a really successful business, especially at your level, because you've been doing it, you have the team. But I think spending time on really painting that picture of your rich life for today, which can change tomorrow, I think that's the process I use routinely. 
Is there like a tool or anything that you use? I remember a tool that that helped me when I first started was um Tim Ferriss in um the book uh, you know Four Hour Work Week. He was like um figure out I can't remember the words that he used. Dreamlining. Like, like, yes, yes. And so it was like, and then how much is that going to cost you? Um, and that helped tremendously when I was teaching preschool, trying to figure out like what was I going to what was I going to do next? Um, is that still a tool that you use, or you have something else? I have my own use? tools, so I have okay. several. Uh, I'll share a couple of them here. Um, one of them is a ten-year bucket list, and you can do this solo. You can do it with a partner. My wife and I did it together. And it was really fun because what do I mean by a 10-year bucket list? What I mean is what do I or we want to do in the next 10 years where if we accomplish these things, it will mean we have lived a rich and meaningful life, okay? And the answers are so interesting. So we we had, we had both wrote them down on a separate piece of paper, then we compared them, we went one back and forth. You could do this with a friend, with a partner, solo. And it was like, um, one person, I want to learn Spanish. And the other person goes, wow. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So do you want to do that with a teacher? Do you want to do it in Mexico City? What does it look like? Kind of saying yes and. Another person, I want to do um, uh, skydiving. Oh, that's going to have to be on your own. I'll meet you at the bottom with a bottle of champagne. And And what we found was we found a couple that were really meaningful for both of us. So for us, it was to have a 10-year wedding anniversary in a very special place that we know with all of our friends and family. So we honed in on that and we said, all right, let's 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 actually make this happen. How much, what's the date? We knew the exact date. How much is it gonna cost? And so what we did was we went back to our piece of paper, we wrote down a number and we just ballparked it. People get hung up on precision. Sometimes you don't need precision, you need a big, bad round number. So we both came back, we compared numbers. Mine was a lot bigger because you know I like nice hotels and whatever. And so in this case, if you have two different numbers, you just go with the bigger one, okay? And we took that number and we started saving money every single month because we knew the exact date that we needed it. So every month when we talk about money, it's like a video game. We're getting a little bit closer to that thing. I think for a lot of people, that's the first tool is 10-year bucket list. Second one is going through my money dial exercise. And you can find this, I, I gave a talk at Google, you can find it in my money coaching program. Essentially, what do you love to spend money on? For most people, the number one answer is food. It's like eating out. The next answer is travel. The third is health and wellness. Fourth is mind, convenience. And there's a variety of other money dials. The second question is, what if you turn that dial up and you quadrupled your spend? What would it look like and feel like? And this is where it gets quite surprising. Most people are very linear in their answer. They go, oh, I'd have to watch my weight because I'd eat out four times a week, ha, ha, ha. And I go, wait a minute, where would you eat out? Who would you bring with you? There's so many different ways beyond mere quantity. And you can really create some special things if you spend more, if you spend extravagantly on the things you love, as long as you cut costs mercilessly on the things you don't. I love that. This is great. See, y'all thought I was going to have me ask me questions? Girl, no. Like, <laughs> no, for real. This is like really helpful because what you're essentially saying is that it's really not, the question is not, what do I do in business? It's like, what do you do as Tiffany yes. and match the business? Yes. What is, what is my rich life, Tiffany? And then once I have that vivid, specific, huge vision, we're not shrinking our vision we're maximizing it, then where does the business fit in? And by the way, for your listeners, I bet this is common. 
So when I ask people, um, what is your rich life? I often get this really funny response. A two, the first one is, I want to do what I want, when I want. I go, oh God, not this answer again. I go, well, that's so interesting. I never heard that. So what do you want? And then they just stare at me blankly. They never thought about it. Think about it. We, we go to work. We answer 10 million emails. We save our money. We listen to this podcast. And then what's it all for? We never even thought about it. What a waste. So that's the first one. The second one is, sometimes they'll tell me something like, uh, I, I really want to have like a beach house. I go, wow, that's really cool. Tell me more about that. And then they do this. They go, well, it doesn't have to be a big beach house. I mean, it doesn't even have to be that nice. I mean, it doesn't even have to have a roof. I mean, it, even three walls is fine. It's fine. I don't even, it's just a little one. I go, why are we minimizing our dreams? This is your rich life, not your worst life. You're telling me you need a three-walled beach house with no roof? That's your rich life? And really what it is, is we minimize ourselves. We are taught that it's not okay to dream big, that we have to shrink ourselves because society won't allow us to dream big. I don't want that shit. I want to hear your big, bountiful dream. And now, maybe you uh, want a huge beach house in Malibu. All right, that's going to cost 20 million bucks. Probably unrealistic for the vast majority of people. Fine. But how about renting it for four days? How about that? At least you can taste it and see. Or maybe it doesn't have to be a $20 million house. Maybe it can be more modest. But let's at least start big. And then we can figure out the numbers from there. No, I love that. Because you're right. So many of us, how can you accomplish a thing where even in your own dreams you curtail yourself? You know, which is crazy. Oh, well, we meet. Can you tell us a little bit more before I, before we kick you off? No, I'm just joking. Um, tell us more about Netflix. Like, where can people, well, obviously on Netflix, but tell us more about your show, what they can expect, and um, where they can, like, connect with you further. So the magic part of the show, How to Get Rich on Netflix, is that I didn't know anything about the guests that I worked with before I met them. The only thing I knew was their name, and I had all of their financial documents. So you follow me as I'm looking at their documents and I'm trying to guess who are these people, what's going on, what might be the problem. So I can see, for example, someone who had a lot of debit card transactions at 1.05 in the morning. I go, oh, this is probably a young guy who likes to go out. I recognize that type of spending. I know that from my 20s. And you know, I see somebody else who has a bank account at a private wealth management bank. I go, okay, this person's wealthy. Maybe they have an inheritance. Maybe high income, etc., And then we try to figure it out together. So that is the show, How to Get Rich on Netflix. And my podcast where I talk to couples about money called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And your New York Times bestseller. I Will Teach You to Be Rich. I will Teach You to Be Rich, yes. Exactly. No, it was so awesome to have you on. If you missed the Wednesday show over me, go listen to it. That's your homework. Um, like I said before, if you have questions that you want to ask myself and Mandy when she's back from maternity leave, the baby is so cute. If you're not following her, Mandy Money, on social media, you're missing out on all the cuteness. Um, but if you've got questions, you can ask them at brownambitionpodcast.com, brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com, brownambitionpodcast on Instagram, slide into the DMs, or the BA podcast on Twitter. We answer your questions every week. Thank you. Until next week. Bye. And thank you again so much for me. We really loved you here. 
Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition podcast is produced by Imani Crosby and Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. I am your co-host, Mandy Woodruff Santos, and we will see y'all next week, BA fam. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.